In December 2011, a long-awaited, massively multiplayer online role-playing game set in the Star Wars universe was released after almost three years of hype, promotional and tie-in novels and comics. That game was, of course, Star Wars The Old Republic, and we're going to talk about it today. You're listening to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Uh, hello and welcome back to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Thanks for listening and a belated Happy New Year. This is the first time that we've been back since the holidays. I uh, hope you all had a good one. I'm your host for today, Johnny Maynor, and this is a long-anticipated and uh, often delayed episode um, that we'd hoped to get out before Christmas, uh, but for one reason or another didn't manage. Not least among those reasons uh, is that my voice is still a little rough, um, so apologies in advance if, I, if I'm still sounding a little husky, a little strained. Uh, but thankfully, you won't be listening uh, too much to me today because I'm joined by by a bona fide expert in all things Star Wars The Old Republic. Let me introduce you to the wonderful Bradley Keats. Hi, Bradley. Hello. Hi, Bradley. This is the first time you've been on the show. Although, you know, you and I have been in touch for a few months now as you've been guiding me into the world of Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, but tell us a little bit about your Star Wars journey and when and how The Old Republic game fits into that. And maybe a little bit about where you're at now in your Star Wars fandom. Okay, well, um, I uh, got into Star Wars back in 2011. Uh, just kind of randomly, I was at a friend's house, and I saw they had uh, one of the movies, and I was like, hey, what's that? And uh, so uh, that was the first Star Wars movie I saw. I think it was Return of the Jedi, actually. Oh, so, good place uh, to start. Interesting place, yeah, interesting place to start, and then I kind of hip-topped around. Can I ask how old you were? Uh, I was 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, well, I mean, in a way, I'm kind of glad I started there because I didn't have to wait too long for star wars to come back with the sequels i suppose yeah um and then uh i kind of just randomly came across the the old republic game i think i just saw like advertisements for it and i was just like uh just curious about playing it yeah yeah i mean uh you were talking about how you uh you haven't started too much in the the story quite yet well i first started with the jedi knight story but i uh was so new to the game i got lost and i actually quit and i started playing another uh another um class story because i just couldn't find how to get around yet where you were at is that mm -hmm. because you put it down for a while and sort of just couldn't recall when you came back to it or i just uh, wasn't good at uh following the map directions yet. <laughs> okay because i i've had that before with with not not a star wars game actually it was um a Legend of Zelda game that I was playing maybe about 10 years ago. I, I've still to this day never finished Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess because I put it down for about two months. And then when I came back, I had no idea where mm -hmm. I was, what I was doing. And eventually I'll just start from scratch, I think. Um, but so, yeah, so, so, so you, got, you got back on the horse that we just picked a different character class and played through a different Yeah, and, um, which was the smuggler uh, um, class after that was the first one I finished. Uh, then I went back to the Jedi Knight story. And then, well, I would I would consider myself a, a um, uh, I guess a lore master in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I loved history, so then that expands into uh, history of fictional stuff. So uh, uh, that's kind of where I find my enjoyment is, uh, even if I've played the games a thousand times, there's always more lore to learn about the characters and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. So y- y- you are pretty much immersed in the lore of Star Wars The Old Republic. I mean, mm-hmm. um, not not to peel back the curtain too much, but, you know, we- we've been chatting uh, on and off for a few months now. And, you know, you- you'll send me through links to to stuff on YouTube, to sort of the, all the, these amazing background videos, you know, detailing the sort of hundreds of years of history that that goes that sort of forms the backdrop to this game. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of lore there. Um, yeah, because it's 300 years after Knights yeah. of the Republic. Yeah, yeah, which I, th- I think folk maybe don't automatically appreciate, but you know, the, the Old Republic era actually spans quite a bit of time you know it, depend, like depending, on where, depending on where you measure how, where it starts you know i think we've, we've talked about before I, I often think of it as really starting you know with those old tales of the jedi comics um from mm-hmm. the 90s and then to push it back another thousand years you know the the prequel golden age of the sith comics because really those games are kind of only separated by a handful of decades so those comics are only separated by a handful of decades from say the first nights of the old republic game you know, and then those Knights of the Republic games, although there is that time jump, they do feed into the story here in in, in, in smaller and larger ways, as I'm sure we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I was unaware that they'd released novels before the game, so uh, I uh, read the Revan book, and then I was so surprised that, uh, I mean, it tied into the game. I mean, that's called preparation right there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a fascinating thing, because the... I guess what I find interesting is, um, you know, a lot of those tie-in Old Republic novels have been re-released in, in recent years as part of the Essential Legends collection. And you've got a lot of folk who have come on through their Star Wars reading journey, essentially in the new canon era, and are kind of picking up Legends a bit more piecemeal. And they're picking up these books for the first time. And maybe it's feeling a little bit more disjointed, because it's not quite the same joined-up storytelling that they're used to as maybe the High Republic or something else. But as bits of tie-in media for this game i i get the sense that maybe they worked really really well that they worked really really well at that time performing that function as sort of expanding mm-hmm. on the lore of the game and filling in those gaps what what how, how does that sit with you well i kind of view the uh, the novels as kind of like giving context to the characters that would appear later in the game it's yeah. like, oh, hey, who's this guy? And it's like, oh, yeah, I read about him in a novel like way back when. It's so cool that he's appeared now, that kind of yeah. thing. But, yeah. I mean, and and I, it fills in the gaps. Absolutely. And I definitely want – I'm going to come back to that. I wanted to chat about particularly some of those characters uh, that uh, certainly on this show on Legends Library – that we've come across in recent months going mm-hmm. through the yeah, comics chronologically. Um, and, and, and then I'd like to sort of pick up some th- some story threads and, and see maybe where they've wound up I- in the context of, of the game story. Um, speaking of context, let, let's just wind it back a little bit and give the folks listening uh, sort of context for the game's release, that sort of thing. Obviously, today we're talking about Star Wars The Old Republic, finally released in December 2011, after, as I say, three years, I think. It was probably announced in 2008, and then that sort of slow drip feed of online comics and novels, that sort of thing coming through over the course of those three years. Um, But finally released in December 2011, developed by Bioware, published by EA, uh, and written by, among others, Drew Carpatian. Um, who obviously would go on to to write some of those novels and other, and you know had written um, things like the Bane novels by that point as well, mm-hmm. I guess. 
Uh, I think also in the mix as well, we've come across uh, comics, uh, tie-in comics written by Alexander Freed, who I think he also worked on the writing of the game, Bradley, didn't he? Yeah, he sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, and again, who's gone on to write more novels, uh, more in in the in the new canon era um, than anything Legends related. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so by this point in twenty eleven, all of these tie-in books and comics that we've really discussed on the show, most of them anyway, um, ha- had been released. I guess players were hungry to just get stuck into this new chapter. Yeah, and it, the um, the promotion for it was huge. I mean, I, I kind of wish I was a fan back then. I mean, they even did like a, they showed one of the cinematics, I think, in Times Square. Oh, wow. It was, was, yeah, and they did like a bunch of characters showed up, dressed up as the characters. I mean, it was pretty big. Yeah, I, I remember seeing those cinematic trailers, probably more more on, on Facebook or whatever. That That's kind of where I was at at the time. Um, and they made, a, they, made, they made an impression on me. Um, I, I was at an age then... Um, in my life, in my career, I just didn't have a lot of time for games, so there was no way in the world I was going to have time to play this thing. Uh, but but mm-hmm. I, I was I was intrigued by those trailers um, that th- they were gorgeous to look at, um, sort of an action. And they recently 4K remastered them as well. Oh really? Yeah, it looks amazing. Um, that that might be why they look so good then, because I I have gone back to look at them again recently, so I guess that's why they still look so good. Mm-hmm. They've they've redone them. Uh, remastered them um so over the years um then i I guess we've had various expansions have been released as well i mean this is the one bit of legends material that's continued to be supported essentially in into the canon reboot era you know so as recently as 2022 right i think we we had an expansion yeah and they've they're how they've been doing it these days uh is they've been releasing like small story patches that all build together it takes longer nowadays i think it's because i mean i would describe it as their production teams like pushed to the brim but they're still putting out story it just uh yeah it's not as uh grand and as big as it used to be gotcha. they're still gotcha. adding together i i think i think that's fascinating that they're still supporting it um I guess one, it's clearly still commercially viable, Um, but also I think it's clear that there is a lot of love there among that that particular fan community for it, that that people do want to see more. And I guess it's great that they do continue to support it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to come back towards the end of the episode to maybe talk about where it stands now, maybe what, what, what sort of, you know, you as a super fan of, of the Old Republic game, where maybe you'd like to see it go in, in the future. Um, but let, let's come back first, before we get into sort of more recent expansions and that sort of thing, and, and, and where we go in the future, let's maybe think about the main story of the initial game, or, or should I say stories, I guess, because there are a lot of different character classes and factions to choose from. They all have different stories, and there's no way that we're going to do them, Bradley, you and I, justice. Um, Mm-hmm. in one episode i say you and i you because you're the real expert here and and my experience of the game is sort of passing at best um but i think we should at least sort of name check what the different classes are that sort of thing and talk a little bit about character selection customization how that influences the game that you play so i mean how does all that work as a first time player bradley well uh you can um, uh, you can basically customize your uh, your facial uh, design. There's I think there's like 13 or so options. 
or it might be a bit more than that. But uh, and then there's like different complexion things which will change the way your eyebrows look, and like say, oh, you want rosy cheeks or you want like, I guess dark side corruption on your face. I always choose the one that gives you stubble. Uh -huh. Um, and um, and then there's uh, different body builds you can have. I guess you can choose fat. I mean, rather large. Then there, yeah. you can have you can have like. Uh, very very thin then there's like the usual build that's in the game which is like um uh i suppose not extremely muscular but kind of more like average build and then yeah. there is the big muscular build and yeah. um and you can change your skin color eye color um this is one of the few occasions where i will indulge in a bit of fantasy and actually give myself a character with very long luscious hair you can see me here on the camera i haven't had hair since about 1999 um i, I lost my hair pretty young um but uh, yeah so w whenever i'm creating a character for for this stuff um usually um i know i i don't flatter myself in terms of the build but yeah yeah mm -hmm. i'll give myself a nice head of hair yeah, for a i mean for me i kind of try to make my character uh, at least my main character which is my jedi knight character to uh look as much like me as possible, except I give him more red hair than I have. So, you know, it, it, I guess in that sense, the, mm -hmm. the, the character that you create is sort of, a, you know, they're, they're your avatar in the world. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. In terms of the story that revolves around you, do, do you feel do you feel that you're really able to influence the story? You know, or, or are you kind of just sort of a non-character while it happens around you? How, how does that feel as it, as it evolves? Um, well, the story itself flows uh, without too much interference, but there are certain um, but there are certain choices you can make that will in, impact, like say, like for, for instance, like a non-companion, maybe they'll they'll not survive, or you can choose to like there's like smaller ways you impact the story, but it, it flows the same no matter what you do. But sometimes the endings, I mean, the endings can be different depending on your choices. Like for instance, with um, I suppose we should I guess do spoiler warning or something, but. Oh, we absolutely like, uh, should because yeah, we are probably going to mm -hmm. we're, we're going to spoil the heck out of some I guess probably some of the major story beats uh, in Star Wars: yeah. Republic, which you know if you're going to use this episode as kind of your too long didn't play, I guess that's fine. But um, just be warned that equally we're probably only scratching the surface, so there's probably going to be big spoilers, but also so much that we're not even going mm -hmm. to touch so yeah there are plenty of twists and turns exactly exactly yeah but, like if uh, you romance a character that can tie in there uh and say like with the jedi knight story at the end if you're very if you are on the dark side uh you'll basically be denied the rank of master um but uh, and then you can basically choose to leave the order in a way mm -hmm. but uh if you're light side uh, it's kind of like how you picture the story going knows um but th that's the only real big difference at least in the jedi knight story but mm -hmm. say like in the smuggler story you can either choose to be a privateer for the republic or like start your own like criminal empire but i'd say like the endings can be your choice but the rest of the game flows pretty much the same and, and are there sort of are there non-canonical endings or, or, or in terms of big in terms of big galactic events or the, the big story beats or are there big story beats that are almost like um to borrow a doctor who idea fixed points in time that never mm. change that always happen well for the main for the main overall story it ends the same way where the jedi knight kills vitiate for the first time which then leads into everything else happening 
but in a way, the other classes don't really tie in or don't directly, direct, uh, I guess, influence the next expansions. Yeah. But you can still take part in them, though. Yeah, got you, got you. So, so, so what are these different character classes then? So we, we've okay. got, well, I guess in terms of factions, we've got Jedi, Sith, and Smuggler, right? Well, um, yeah, well, there's the Jedi Knight. Um, well, there's the Republic side and the, and the Imperial side. Uh, there's the Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi Counselor. Um, there's the the Republic Trooper um, and the Smuggler. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with um, and then with the Imperial side, there's the uh, Sith Warrior, the Sith Inquisitor, the uh, the Imperial Agent, and the Bounty Hunter. Got you, got you. And how do the Jedi Knight and Jedi Counselor vary? Is, is it, my my experience is I have more experience with Kotor. Um, mm-hmm. where I think the counselors have sort of more healing powers, that sort of thing. Is that the mm-hmm. same here? Well, um, the counselor, in terms of like character abilities, is much more force focused. Okay. It's kind of like they're they're more kind of like a Jedi. How do you think a Jedi counselor would be? And the Jedi Knights like the warrior that like saves the galaxy. Yeah. But the Jedi the Jedi counselor is like more on the sideline and like defeating ancient like dark side threats, but isn't really uh like a hero of the republic like not very recognized whereas the jedi knight he's kind of like the chosen one of the old republic era yeah so he's like very involved got you got you um okay so i guess this is probably a good place before we dive too deep into the story points talk about the game mechanics and you know from my brief experience of the game and i guess i should say you know i I have i've tried to play the game a few times and i I think it's a technical problem on my end. I'm I'm running a you know, uh, a Microsoft Surface Pro, which is a few years old now. So maybe it just doesn't have the juice to to get mm-hmm. the game to run. Yeah, I mean, considering so, it's an old game, it's certainly a lot to handle. Yeah, um, so I, I've had sort of issues with just a bit, bit of lag and that sort of thing. So it doesn't make for a very smooth playing experience, unfortunately. Um, but um, from my experience of the game, it, it you know it felt kind of fairly similar to the Knights of the Old Republic games in, in terms of how you move around and how you interact in the mm-hmm. combat. You know, is that a fair comparison, or or you know how would you characterize the gameplay? You know, in, in terms well, of it's how a, I suppose it's a, uh, it's a bit more upgraded than with Kotor, but it, it's still the same. I and mean, you can like the only difference is that on the keyboard you can now use the the uh, number keys to uh, attack it. Um, you don't have to just click the icons on the screen to do it. Yeah. But I, I prefer to just click on the screen, though. So. Got you. Got yeah, it's you. pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, and it's, so it's that kind of mix of real-time but turn-based. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not like you take turns. I mean, the jet, I mean, your enemy will just kill you if you don't do anything. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, the big difference, I would say, in the world exploration is that with KOTOR, what I uh, would always will always praise it for is that it really left uh, it up to you to discover side missions. You know, it's like if you don't randomly go into this droid shop, you won't get HK-47. Or if you don't like to, if you talk to this guy, you won't know that you can sneak into the, the Tusken Raider camp or something. Yeah. Um, but with Old Republic, there are uh, always icons above a person you can talk to that will give you a side mission. So I guess it's a little less uh, immersive, but it's easier to find side missions. That's kind of, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because I, I guess as a massively multiplayer online role-playing game, part of the attraction is the immersiveness 
you know, and, and immersing yourself in that world. Uh, so it maybe seems like an odd choice to then signpost stuff in a gamey mm -hmm. way, you know? Yeah, I mean, there are a few missions that you can have an option to show or not. I'm okay. actually not sure if you can still approach the person and talk to them without having the that option on or not. But yeah. there are like exploration missions that aren't directly connected to the story that you can like have optional to show on the map or not. Though then again, I'm not sure if that will basically stop you from talking to them or not. Yeah, I yeah. might have to test that. Um, so, so up till now on, on this show, we've been reading comics and books that sort of detail In like 40 years, the return of the Sith Empire to Republic space, decades of simmering war, uh, the sacking of Coruscant, and the subsequent Treaty of Coruscant. You know, sort of the, the Republic ceding bits and pieces of territory to the Sith Empire. Jedi relocating to Tython, all that stuff. I mean, if we use that as a jumping off point, what's the main thrust of the the story from there? Uh, the, the, what, what's the main thrust of the story that this game tells? Uh, well, uh, I guess it takes place 10 years after the sacking of Coruscant. And it's basically, uh, it's during the Gal Great Galactic Cold War. Uh, or just the uh, Galactic Cold War. Or basically, the the Empire uh, the signed the treaty after the sacking of Coruscant said, "Okay, we're going to split the galaxy down the middle. These are our planets; those are your planets." And it's like as a stalemate. So, it, so it's basically like um, that's why I think the bounty hunter and the smuggler have such opportunity. You know, it's like there's not a war going on, but there's so much to interact with. It's like, yeah. Ooh, who can I influence in this time and stuff like that. Um, and then with the other classes, it's, it eventually leads into the war. For instance, yeah. like with the Jedi Knight story, uh, Darth Angrel, who is the first villain of the story, um, basically says like, "Hey, you you killed my son. Now I'm going to attack you." And the the Empire officially disavows him, but he inspires the Empire to go back to war. Basically, gotcha. of course, Darth Angrel, that name rings a bell. He he he's popped up in uh, Deceived, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh -huh. with Darth Malgus. Yep. Um, so the main story then of the Jedi Knight, and you've alluded to this already, uh, ultimately in, in the initial game anyway, sees the Jedi Knight going head to head with Emperor Vitiate. Is that right? Yeah, like a, a, uh, it's kind of like, um, well, I guess uh, one of your companions uh, was a servant of his at one point. So it's like that's the initial connection. It's like after you uh, get exposed to Darth Angrel, because, well, I guess I'll still talk about the story. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. Uh, you um, you kill uh, Darth Angrel's son, which then causes him to want revenge. Uh, and then basically, uh, he then he discovers that your companion, her name's Kira, was once a, a, a daughter of the Emperor, which is kind of like a like a secret order that's directly connected his influence. Yeah. So, so that's like that's that's the connection you originally have, and then you kill Angrel, and then eventually, without it's uh, the uh, Jedi Master, um, what's his name? Um, uh, Tol Braga uh, basically is putting together a strike team to uh, what they believe is possible to capture the Emperor and return him to the light side of the Force. Pfft, that's not possible, but uh, that, that's their, that was their plan. To basically, that was the way how he saw to end the war by taking out the, um, the, the, the leader, but they had no idea who they were dealing with. And it all goes horribly wrong, and then it's up to the Jedi Knight alone to save the day and kill Vitiate. And yeah, not honestly, it didn't end the war, but that's the main gist of his initial okay. story. That, that, that idea of the, 
the daughter of the emperor does that tie back to um one of the sort of the chronologically the earliest of the tie-in comics um that features teneb kale who would go on to be darth thanaton um there's, hmm. there's that plot around the emperor creating this sort of army of almost drones people whose minds he controls is that kind yeah, of that's, that? that's pretty much yeah. what's going on yeah mm-hmm. like like um after you defeat angrel like uh vitiate possess i mean vitiate possesses cure and that's like the first time you hear his voice and it like you know the, the stereotypical emperor music plays and he she he like she like glows red it's like really freaky but yeah that like he can like directly like like control the the drones i was going to ask you this question later as, as we talk about various characters from the books and comics uh, with regard to vitiate but but since we're talking about vitiate and this movie you know that sort of confronting him how do you kill this guy i mean he you know it's certainly in the in the revan novel and elsewhere he's characterized as this sort of all-powerful entity who can suck the force out of planets and mm-hmm. you know almost another worldly force in a sort of darth nihilus sort mm-hmm. of way well, um, yeah like i always considered him the more successful darth nihilus yeah yeah the, 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 there, there are certain there, mm-hmm. there are common ideas there behind those two characters uh-huh. in terms of how that works but I mean, does it come down to a lightsaber fight? What is it? Oh yeah, like a lightsaber force fight. Um, okay. Uh, well, the how he initially would like you know control people and mind domination. That's how he, uh, like initial. That's how he automatically uh, controlled uh, Revan and Malak just by standing mm-hmm. in his presence. But um, but similar to Revan, uh, the Jedi Knight character would break free from that, so he no longer has his main power of attack, the domination. Yeah. So you pretty much just get lucky and you're able to strike him down. And then uh, the dark side ending, which I consider to be the proper ending, you actually like drop a giant pillar on him and like crush him. Okay. Uh, so and then like his like spirit escapes and like lays dormant for a while. But that, that's how you, you, I guess that's how one of the options to kill him. But the light side for the uh, ways he's wounded and dies, but I think it's more fitting. You know, it's like basically goes, you know, um, uh, I will not be redeemed. I cannot be turned back to the light, but you will not kill me. And then you can go, you've underestimated me for the last time. Fantastic. You know, and, and then like the older public main theme plays when you do that. So I think that's kind of fitting, even yeah, though that's yeah. a dark side choice. That, that, that feels a little bit more climactic to me. Yeah. That feels yeah. A bit more, and, and a bit more cinematic can, maybe. Than, yeah, because yeah. he always tells the character like a, an insect, like you don't matter. So now, yeah. now look what I did basically. Fantastic. All right, mm-hmm. so, so let's. Uh, we've already talked about a couple of the, I guess, mm-hmm. the characters. Or, yeah, do you want to talk characters. about others that tied in from the novels? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, folk listening might recognize a few of the things we've already mentioned Darth Angro, mm-hmm. Vicious. Oh, um, um, one that I probably should mention is uh, Lord Scourge. He becomes a companion of the Jedi Knight. Oh, really? Uh, because, from because, the Revan novel? Yeah, uh huh. Because remember in the novel, he had the vision of the Jedi Knight destined to destroy the emperor that's why yeah. he betrayed the uh, mitra and revan well that's yeah. the, the jedi knight character is that character he basically goes uh like you know i i had to become immortal to wait 300 years for your birth for your because you'll, you'll be the one to finally defeat the emperor oh wow mm-hmm. cool. yeah i, I didn't re- i didn't realize scourge came back mm-hmm. um darth thanaton was one that uh, we've already mentioned. Yeah, so he's the main you... villain of the Sith Inquisitor story, actually. Okay, so so you're playing as a Sith Inquisitor, but he's your antagonist. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, he's like, you know, you were not a real Sith because the Sith who trained you was a traitor. Or, you know, ah, it's like okay. he tried to stop you. And I find it honestly maybe the most fascinating story in a way because to basically gain more power, you learn a dark side ritual to consume four spirits. And then basically, it's kind of like a vitiate possession in a way. They can just kind of mess with you yeah. and talk to you. It's kind of like a certain dialogue. It's kind of like a, a don't let him talk to you like that, which is like the mm-hmm. spirits like talk talk back to you about things uh, how's darth thanaton characterized there because I- I- in that comic book he's almost sim- you know certainly as, as we see him teneb kel you know, as a young sith warrior he's almost sympathetic you know he he seems mm-hmm. like a nice he seems like a nice enough guy you know yeah, he, he, uh-huh. he like he you know he seems to have genuine affection for his man so his abyssin manservant who he you know he, he seems he seems sad that he has to kill him at the end but you know yeah I mean, he is. Is, a, is uh, he just a mustache twirling Sith Lord by this stage? Oh no, he's. You can see where he's coming from in a way, but he is kind of just like an old man trying to cling to power in a way. But he is. I mean, he certainly is powerful, but he's basically like, you don't belong in the Sith Order, so you must be purged. Yeah, that's kind of how he how he views the Sith Inquisitor's character, who eventually becomes Darth Knox, which is the official title that, that they get. Got you. And what about uh, another Darth then, Darth Malgus, who, who you know, is a massive mm-hmm. figure in the promotional material, the cinematic trailers, the novel yeah. deceived mm-hmm. then, which basically I would only, only exists because him. of the success of that trailer, probably. Yeah, yeah I would almost describe him as uh, underwhelming in the game. Like, okay. Vitiate is like the main big baddie, so Darth Malgus is kind of just like, oh, I know him, he's cool, he pops up now and again, but yeah, I mean, he doesn't really have a massive. Well, I mean, I mean, he does actually. Well, uh, when you kill the emperor, he's like, "All right, now it's my turn." He basically forms like a like a splinter faction that uh, that would that ties into his beliefs actually from the novel. It's like, you know, we shouldn't scrutinize everyone that desires power should be able to join my empire. And then the Jedi Knight uh, initially uh, kills him. Well, that, that that is interesting because he he is set up in that novel as someone with a slightly different agenda. Uh, yeah, and with a slightly different take on stuff, so it, it's nice that that gets followed through. Yeah, um, this year we've covered, I guess. Um, yeah, he's such a fascinating character. Yeah, well, well what about Satelle Shan then? Um, she, she's Satil. I yeah, so I I, I, I for some reason mm-hmm. like I, I keep wanting to make it I don't know Italian or something. Yeah. Satelle. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she has a very very big part in the Jedi Knight story and also the okay. Jedi Counselor story, but not as much. Uh, she is well at that point is the Grand Master of the Jedi Order, yeah. like she's the Yoda of the Old Republic. Um and um and she basically after the Jedi Knight's character's master is killed by Darth uh, Angrel, who actually is kind of becomes kind of the Qui Gon in a way because he comes back as a Force ghost to, like guide you. Uh, but yeah, well basically Satil okay. beca- kind of in a becomes the new master of the Jedi Knight character, and kind of like is like there for him when he needs her. Got you, got you. And she is pretty um, important. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jace Malcolm also appears, but n- not until much later. Okay, got you. And what about then? Um, and big spoilers for anybody who hasn't yet read Annihilation. What about Theron Shan, their son, um, mm-hmm. who obviously was the protagonist of the. I guess chronologically, the last comic that takes place before the, the story of the game, um, the Lost Sons. Yeah, I mean, actually, the 
well, Annihilation takes place right after the Jedi Knight story, you know, because it says the, like, the, you know, the Emperor is presumed dead. Yeah, that's how I got spoiled for that big story beat in the game, yeah. because I read Annihilation and realized early on that clearly big events from the game had already happened. Yeah, uh-huh. That's, I think that actually might be the only novel that takes place after the, the main game. It, it is, certainly based on my reading. Um, of, of sort of, uh, Wikipedia um, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And on the topic of the novels, the only novel that doesn't directly tie into the game is um, uh, Fatal Alliance. No, the characters in that appear in the game, but uh, all other characters from the other yeah, novels. Yeah, which is fascinating. Besides the feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's because that takes place a little bit before, anyways. It might even be in the same year. It, it, it's it's certainly sort of it's, it's within about a year of the start of the the, the, the story of the game, I think. Um, but it's almost like a standalone story that just sort of happens mm -hmm, to take yeah. place in that sort of Cold War setting, in a way. And I guess an ex an excuse for them to create a novel with a standalone story, but that sort of showcases just about every single one of the character classes. Yeah, um, in a way. Yeah, I know. I didn't. I didn't think about that. There's a lot of P there's a lot of POV characters. I love the way that story was uh, put together. Oh, it's great. I mean, uh, well, I guess, but let's not talk about that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're interested in that, folks, go and listen to our episode on Fatal Alliance mm -hmm. from uh, from yeah, a few months well, ago. Uh, Theron has a big part in the expansions. We were getting back to that. Yeah. Yeah, Theron Shan. How does he factor into things? Oh well, um, he um, he's kind of like your initially your like liaison for the uh, uh, secret. Uh, I think it's SIS. So it's like uh, I forget what it actually stands for. Strategic Information Services. Yeah. So he kind of is well. He's your uh, guy, that, at least for the Jedi Knight that. Um, connects you to uh he's like he connects you to the prelude for um the shadow of revan uh uh expansion um and basically he he uh is part of the investigation into the revanites which then leads in, in them into realizing hey revan is somehow still alive well i should probably talk about that a little bit um that the well uh, there's a mission that yeah. directly to the story where uh, you go rescue Revan from the prison that he was held in for 300 years from the novel. Um, and you're guided by Mitra Surik's spirit. But then uh, uh, but then the story would tell you that Revan was killed by a, uh, a um, well, actually really killed by a uh, uh, Imperial uh, Strike Force team somehow. But... Um, but then uh, he gets the come. He, but his dark side uh, version comes back to life. Well, his light side version splits off into into becoming a force ghost. Okay. Which is so fascinating. But uh, yeah, so Theron's there uh, at the forefront of that. He kind of becomes like your best friend in a way. So yeah, so he is pretty important going forward. And uh, and then, no, there is a Revan expansion pack, or sort of the Shadow of Revan expansion pack that you've alluded to. But is this within the, the initial main game? This side quest, or this this quest to rescue Revan? Yes, uh huh. It's it takes place right after um, the second chapter of the main game, basically where where your mission, where your mission, oh, wow. where you involved to uh, kill the emperor, or, I mean, not kill the emperor to capture him fails. So it's like, hey, we can go capture Revan. He'll know what to do. But then that still doesn't work. But either way, you rescue him. And what's so fun about that is, 
Yeah, that, that's so that's it does tie into the main game. It's not it doesn't take place after. Got you, got you. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it it makes sense then that they would get that Revan novel out before the game launches as a way to yeah. kind of build mm-hmm. those bridges. Narratively, I was out about it. I was I like, guess. oh my god, he's alive! You know, I didn't realize that because I actually hadn't read the novel until doing that. Okay, so in terms of the main story, then where does the main game leave things? But before we think about expansions and mm-hmm. things, you know, what is the status quo in the galaxy at the end of the main story? Um, is the war mm-hmm. over? Is it still simmering? Have the Sith simmering. retreated mm-hmm. out of Republic space? What's yeah, going on? Um, well, with the Emperor being dead, it's kind of like a a power vacuum and so it's like the the war is kind of simmering and then in that in the chaos malgus will try to take over and consider uh, declare himself the new uh the new emperor but then he's promptly stopped by the jedi knight character gotcha and and then but uh the dark council will kind of be in disarray with the sith side well, well then uh darth mar will rise and kind of take control of everything and that's how the, the where the sith are in that aspect well, the Republic, they're kind of like, I've not really changed much. But yeah, it's like, well, that that's where the war is, though. It's simmering, but it's not over. All right. So, so then let's talk about expansions. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess then these take place timeline-wise after the main story. And I guess we're against that backdrop of the war just still simmering away in the background. Yeah. Uh, well, the um, the Malgus uh, mission is, is kind of more like an epilogue to the main story. But then uh, where he tries to take control. But then the first expansion um, is uh, Rise of the Hut Cartel, which, um, well, basically it's kind of like uh, like what have they been up to since this war between the Empire and the Sith been going on. So it's like they, they have created their new, a new empire with like this new uh, like isotope that can like power ships much faster and droids are much more effective with it. So then you go to a new planet and you uh, stop them. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first expansion. Got you. Yeah. And from from all of the expansions, maybe Park Shadow of Revan for now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I do want to come back to, to that more specifically. Yeah. What 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 are, what are the highlights for you? Because um, I guess we, we there are what six or seven expansions Let's by say, now. Um, well, uh, there's um, Rise of the Hutt Cartel. There's Shadow of Revan. There's Rise of the Emperor. Then there's um, uh, Knights of the Fallen Empire and the Knights of the Eternal Throne. And then I guess you could kind of count Onslaught, but that was uh, in, in the point where the game was kind of starting to lose funding. So it, it, it you could call it an expansion, but it didn't like it, it took a long time to get to the end point there. And then and then that that was pretty much the last expansion. Now after that, it was kind of more hey a new story update, which will then build up basically okay got you um f- from all those what sort of jumps out at you as, as the highlights though actually i think um the the highlight in terms of the story mechanics and uh where choices really do matter is the knights of the fallen empire story like your choices okay. will be remembered basically is how i would describe that like it, it, i mean uh, i'm really impressed by how yeah. they did that and what's going on there is that the, is the fallen empire the sith empire finally mm-hmm. sort of the tide turning well basically um the vitiate uh he got disillusioned with the sith empire about a uh, hundred years after um uh knights of the fall knights of the old republic and so he basically created a backup body and basically uh called valkorian 
uh, and he um, erected a new empire, who he calls the, which he calls the Eternal Empire. Um, and then after you kill his initial, his real, his I guess the vitiate version of him, that spirit re retreats back into his backup uh, essence transfer body. Uh, and so yeah, the Eternal Empire. You basically will with Darth Maul, the Jedi Knight character. Well, I mean, it could be any of the class characters, but it's supposed to be the Jedi Knight character. Um, uh, and him go out to try to find the Emperor Spirit after he wiped out Zios, which is uh, that took place uh, in the Rise of the Empire expansion. Basically, him gaining a whole lot more power, pretty much mm -hmm. uh, doing the dark side ritual that he did in the first place, where he consumed all those lives. Um, and then they're basically out there, and then they they accidentally stumble upon to the Internal Empire. And then uh, the Jedi Knight and Mar are captured and brought before Valkorin, and they um, immediately know that's who they're looking for. Like, your presence is unmistakable. Yeah. And then um, uh, yeah. well, what's so different about Valkorin is he has, uh, he had three children. Um, there's, uh, well, uh, if you've seen the... Uh, cinematic where where there's it's called uh yes yeah, it's, it's one of the two brothers well it's, it's basically where Ar arkin uh kills his brother thexon uh i forget what the, the expansion uh, the cinematic is called. people are so curious how that connects to that yeah well basically uh valkorian is now the new vitiate who is vastly different but still has the still is is the same person and an, another doctor who tie-in as you yeah. said it's, it's basically the same person but changed face and changed a lot of the personality yeah yeah um, it, it, it's fascinating because I, I guess e e essence transfer and the, this idea that um you know the, the, the spirit can live on and sort of adopt a new host essentially yeah like in the main novel that might have been where it was yeah Le legends had been doing that since i guess you know the, the dark empire comics of the early 1990s mm -hmm. um uh, i guess it's an idea that then you know, Came back in the old republic. Uh -huh. Yeah, they go back to that. I guess. Well, then you, uh, the Jedi Knight character, would then go on to uh, would uh, with Arkin's help because obviously Arkin would want to take control. Would uh, kill Vitiate's body. I mean, old Valkorian's body, and then Valkorian's spirit would transfer into the the Jedi Knight. But then uh, Arkin would put him into Carbonite and basically invade the main galaxy, and so the, it disrupts the whole Sith and, and Republic war. And uh, and so that's kind of how it initially ends because there's a whole third party that comes in and wipes out everybody, and that's yeah. then it's five years it, after that that it follows through because you're in carbonite yeah. five years. I mean, that, that seems like a really rich. That seems like a really rich, mm -hmm. fertile ground for more stories. Yeah, and now there's yeah. whole new characters introduced because you're in a whole new part of the galaxy. It was really quite ambitious, I would say. Yeah, it's a shame that. In a way, while the the game continues to be supported and continued to be supported throughout that period with new content like that, that the publishing side didn't follow with it. You know, it would have been great to continue to see books and comics that are tying into that, mm -hmm. um, because there's so much. There's got to be so much mileage in that. The, the the whole creation of a basically a whole third a third faction. In yeah, the, I mean, I can't imagine how the budget for that those two expansions were. I mean, it was. It was far different when what the base game was. Like the uh, cutscenes are far more cinematic. You've got much more facial close-ups. Yeah. 
the and you actually saw lightsaber fights because in the base game you rarely saw that because it mainly left it up to you to do that which that's the yeah. only criticism i would have with the cutscenes. it's kind of like you know uh like you will now die and then the next cutscene, oh you know yeah you don't, you don't see any of the action in the cutscenes until those expansions um but obviously in terms of the expansions we, we probably need to talk about the shadow of raven oh yeah um, that's what i consider to be the golden age of spotor yeah i mean i guess you know you've you already indicated that you know th there's a point in the story where sort of raven's light side sort of hives off and becomes a light side force ghost mm -hmm. and then raven reborn which is his dark side version says like you yeah. know hey revenites i'm back let's like, well, yeah, um, let's make, create a whole new empire, which was kind of honestly a follow-up of what Malgus is trying to do. It was believers yeah. in Revan's cause from both the Republic and the Sith Empire coming together. And I think it's important to mention that, uh, well, uh, another character, which is kind of like the anti-Theron in a way, which is uh, Lana Benico, uh, who is the uh, who is a uh, Sith apprentice who is... Um, uh, the closest to being a Jedi, but but still being a Sith, she's ex extremely unique in her viewpoints. But uh, we honestly might need to do a whole other video on how important, how <laughs> different she is. It's it's too hard to go into right, uh, maybe right now. Uh, uh, and how, how and whose story do we meet her in? Is, is oh, that's she... the that's the Shadow of Revan uh, story. In the Shadow of Revan. And then okay. and then she's present, and so is Theron. Uh, all the way up to present yeah. day. So, in terms of that Shadow of Revan storyline, how, how, how does that wrap up that that aspect of Revan's character? Is, uh -huh. is he gone, gone? Oh, at the well, end, um, basically, after well, his whole well, Revan Reborn's whole mission was he believed that Revan, uh, well, the Emperor wasn't truly dead, which was true. But uh, he, his whole idea, what he thought he had to do, he was obsessed with killing the Emperor. He thought he had to kill a whole bunch of people so the emperor could take physical form and yet then then he was thinking oh this time when i kill him i'll kill him for good basically mm -hmm. and 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 uh on accident he brought the the emperor back and he was like all right peace out he just left his spirit left so then then uh the real revan the light side revan shows up and he's like you know, uh, you failed, but we can still do good if we join together. And they become, and Revan becomes one again, and basically is like, you know, my part of this story is over. Steal yourselves against what will come, and he, uh, and he fades away. I quite, I quite like that. Um, you know, because I, I have, I've not reached any anywhere. I'm nowhere near any stage of the game where I encounter anything to do with Revan, um, and I've always been a little bit skeptical about bringing Revan back in mm -hmm. this game 300 years after his other stories. But he certainly um, had a big impact. Yeah. I mean, and I, I could commercially, I can totally see why they did it. He's a massive fan favorite, mm -hmm. you know, um, um, but, but I, I kind of wondered if it would feel a bit cynical and opportunistic, but it actually sounds like there's a good story there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good story. And what I always yeah. love this game for, it gave Revan an identity. It gave him an, yeah. a voice actor and a canonical appearance. And that's, I think, what I've always struggled with with Revan, hmm. is that he's kind of a non-character in in the KOTOR games, you know, by necessity, because he's you are him. So he, does, he doesn't have a voice. You know, he's kind of a blank slate for you to project on. There's no real character there. And even in his novel, he's not really there. He's not 
you know, he just seems to be going with the flow. There's not much agency. There's, you don't really get a sense of who he actually is underneath the myth of Revan. Well, that might be why they did that in a way. He's always this enigma, and it's up to yeah. you to figure out what's going on with him because he's always holds everything so close to his chest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, interestingly, um, uh, the voice actor for him is the same guy that played Kyle Katarn in Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy. Mm. And what's even more fascinating about that is Revan Reborn, who you could swear is the same guy, but it's actually the, that voice actor's brother. So it's supposed to sound similar, but also different. Like yeah. that, I find that so fascinating. That, that's fantastic. I love that. All right. I, I'm conscious of the time, Bradley. Somehow we're knocking on for 50 minutes already. Um, but I, there are other things that I want to talk about before we have to wrap up this episode. One of them is the music. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of game music. Um, I actually, I really like listening to Star Wars game music when I'm reading my Star Wars stuff because, often because it feels Star Wars but doesn't carry the baggage of being a very recognizable cue from a particular story beat in a, in a movie that I know so well. Um, here we've got a soundtrack by Mark risky um mm -hmm. he'd previously done work on the kotor 2 soundtrack um gordy hab i think has done some work on svotor as well and he's since provided music for battlefront 2 squadrons the jedi fallen order survivor games um how, how does the music of the game work for you in terms of drawing you in and making you feel oh, like it's star wars um well uh, i would say that's the best thing about this game in a way is okay. the soundtrack yeah um they give such um, they give such dedication and care to every bit of music. I don't think any other game really does that. It's like everywhere you go, there's a distinct soundtrack. It's not just like background music. It you could just stand there and listen to it, even though there's a whole mission going on. I mean, that's how pretty I would describe a lot of the music. Yeah, and. Um... It's a real shame that we could we had planned to have Randy with us today on 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 the, the episode and uh, some of the early conversations that that I had with him online about um, this game revolved around the music and he would send me links to you know YouTube playlists of like you know, reams and reams and reams hours worth of music from yeah, this game there's a whole uh, for all the different locations that stuff. Um, there was one CD, and hi Randy, by the way. Sorry you couldn't make it onto the episode. Um, th there is one CD release that I managed to pick up um, that I'm guessing maybe went out as part of a special edition of the game or something. Yeah, part of the collector's box set. It was the initial soundtrack yeah. they released, which um, I only complain I wish it included the planetary soundtracks, but it includes all yeah. the uh, class soundtracks and or the Republic music and the Sith music and the Cantina music, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, I, I love it. I love a bit of Cantina music and a bit of sort of in, in universe music mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, um, the, the, it, it is a shame that you, you don't really have the location tracks on that scene. Yeah. Place. I mean, if you were dedicated with yourself, you could probably make a huge playlist of, I might honestly do that at some point because there's so much yeah. stuff that uh, isn't included in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I, I could forward you on the links that Randy sent me because uh, the, the, I think that some of those playlists definitely are out mm -hmm. there. I was listening again to, to the um, to the CD um, tracks uh, in my car uh, driving home before before jumping on to record this episode. And, and I was blown away again by how good a job it does of sounding like Star Wars. Mm -hmm. it, 
and and very occasionally it does that thing that other star other star wars composers have done as well since uh, people like kevin kiner where it's something in the Star Wars universe, but very, very intermittently, it sounds a bit Indiana Jones. You, if you if you've got a, like a like a sort of a march of some sort, but it's kind of mostly horns. All of a sudden, you've like, oh, it kind of sounds like it could be from an indie movie. And Kevin Kiner has done that in the Clone Wars. I don't know how many times. And actually, he's directed lifted a couple of Indiana Jones uh-huh. riffs and plonked them into an episode of Clone Wars, and nobody bats an eyelid because it all sounds John Williams. Yeah, that's actually one thing I would say. A lot of John Williams themes kind of sound alike. Even Harry Potter yeah. sounds a bit Star Warsy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I, what I would say about the soundtrack is that it, the um, what's so interesting, I don't think any other Star Wars game has done this, uh, they've brought in a lot of the uh, more sentimental tracks from uh, the prequels to mm. kind of fill in the gaps between, I think, I guess they didn't want to compose everything. So uh, they brought that in, and when you hear it, it's like nostalgic. It, yeah. uh, it, honestly, I guess it could be seen as you know a cheap tie-in but uh when it plays you're like oh that's cool i know where that's from you know um but, but it's yeah. just about using it's just about using little little flavors of it from time to time mm-hmm. that kind of you instantly recognize it uh-huh. that's actually um, how they did the jedi knight music and the jedi counselor music for instance the jedi knight yeah. music it has a, its own special intro but then it kind of goes a little bit and it sounds a bit like yoda's music I was listening to that. That was the last track that I had on in my car before I sort of parked up in my driveway. And um, it, yeah, but, anyway, but it, it's not a direct lift. Yeah, it's, a it's bit different. You know, it, it's a, it's a new recording and slightly new orchestration, and there are embellishments and differences. But it's clearly the clearly the A section from Yoda's theme. But yeah, in, um, in, a, in a new context. My favorite way that they've done the, my favorite version of how they would include something like that is that. Uh, the Smuggler soundtrack, which I would honestly consider my favorite to listen in my car. It's like, it has very like heroic sounding. And then when it gets done with its version, it suddenly launches into the asteroid field music from Empire. Mm. You know, it goes, it, it, then it goes, and you're like, oh, I can see it in my head. You know, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, and one last thing I'd mentioned about the music is uh, with Knights of the Fallen Empire, they composed a whole new soundtrack for that game. I mean, for that expansion, it's. Uh, I think it's probably oh, wow. because it, well, it's a whole another part of the galaxy, so they wanted it to feel distinctive. Yeah, yeah, very, very powerful. Considering it's just an add-on to a game. Yeah, I can't for the life of me understand why these aren't available as albums on iTunes. Hmm. I would buy that. I, you know, I, I would, I would listen to four hours of this stuff. You know. Yeah, I mean, even on Spotify, there's nothing official on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is wildly frustrating. Um, they're throwing money away. Mm-hmm. Um, before, before before we sort of wrap up, there, there are two more things I want to talk about. Um, yeah. I, think, I think we have to talk about the fan community that's grown up around this game mm-hmm. and the impact the game has had. Uh, but let's talk about that impact first. You know, there are many folk out there you know, for whom this is their Star Wars thing. This is the, the bit of Star Wars that is... is it means the most to them. Yes, yeah, so that's me included. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what do you think is the key to the, that success? What is I, it about the game? I think uh, growing up with the game and being immersed into the game and say like, hey, that's me in this Star Wars universe because it, it does a really good job making it feel like, you know, your choices really do matter. I mean, there's a part of the game where you, uh, well, spoiler again, can compose Delana uh, as the Jedi Knight, or just I guess, but still any other class. I actually got choked up about that. Like 
that's never happened to me ever in a game. Like, yeah, it's just something that, you know, you spend so much time with these characters and it leads up to that. And it feels like you're actually making that decision. You know, it's like, it's because I think my, probably because a whole lot of the fans grew up with this game. So me specifically, it was part of my life and taught me so many lessons and it made me want to help people because of the Jedi Knight, yeah. you know? Amazing. It's very Amazing. Influential, influential to me. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you've taken that and you've become a, a very active member of the fan community that's grown up around this game. I mean, what's that community like? Uh, what are fan content creators up to? Hmm. You know, what, what are you doing uh, in, hmm. in that space? Well, I would say, interestingly, there, it's a uh, shrinking community, but it's very, very people that are very loyal to that particular aspect yeah. of Star Wars. Uh, especially weirdly on Instagram, it's mainly memes. I'm not exactly sure why, but it seems that that's how they keep the spirit alive, I guess. But what I'm doing yeah. actually, uh, well, uh, I'm a huge uh, video editor, I suppose is how I describe myself. And uh, Old Republic, the Old Republic game is the reason I got into editing in the first place because I wanted to edit the cutscenes and stuff. And currently I'm um, uh, more than halfway done with a... Uh, Old Republic Jedi Knight movie, which compiles the last bit of the main story, um, mm -hmm. uh, and it's uh, and I've even, as I told you before, I bought a custom title crawl for the movie that includes my character's name in it and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I would cool. say it, it, this game can inspire people to create their own things and you know stuff like that. It, it, it can certainly uh, it's it can it's very, certainly very influential. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 there seems to be a lot going on out there. Um, you know, b between the sorts of playlists of all the music that that, that Randy pointed me mm -hmm. towards, the, the stuff that you're doing in terms of you know, putting together these lore videos and sort of story videos. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, you know, if there are folk out there who you know, may, maybe share the accessibility issues that I've had in terms of just not, yeah. not having a powerful enough machine to play the thing, you know, there's so much content out there um, that you can you can access this lore, you know. Yeah, like the Master Nostral, uh, like I guess hollow history recordings he makes that you can find on YouTube. I actually got the book version of that as a Christmas present, which uh, which very cool. Um, it goes a bit more into it, and it has like seals. Uh, it has like notes on the side of Satil commenting on what he what he said. It, very, very, very cool. Oh, fantastic! I, I, that, that's not one that I was, I'm familiar with. So, is it another one of these sort of in-universe journals with annotations? Yeah, uh huh. It's kind of yeah. like uh, like the Book of the Sith or the Jedi Path, yeah. that kind of yeah. thing. It's very similar. That honestly might have come out before, so maybe it inspired the other books. Maybe I, it pr probably did. And I, most um, most of those are kind of. 2013 onwards 2012 2013 yeah, I mean, the game recently celebrated its 12th anniversary which is just yeah. fabulous honestly and i will say that i consider the game and uh to be very underrated because i would honestly say a lot of people might be put off because it's an mmo it's like oh it's an mmo it can't possibly be good but i have to praise just how good the story is even just with the yeah. base classes so i would recommend people to if they have the technical uh capabilities like you said to really uh launch into it if they can find the time yeah i mean i, I i'm going to persist and see if i can get it running more smoothly on my mm -hmm. on my setup at home yeah. because I, mean, I recently uh, got a new laptop that helps that's for sure yeah yeah i, I think i just need an upgrade I, I need some new kit um 
But I mean, really, what I want is to support it a bit more. Maybe get it ported onto Switch or something like that. Why can't I have it on my Switch? Yeah, that's and what people been wanting for a long anyway. time, like a console port. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it makes all the sense in the world to me. Um, but before we wrap up, though, I mean, w- what are your hopes for the future of the Old Republic? You know, do you want to see more expansions? Do you do you do you want to see it canonized or continuous legends? Would you know? Do you want to see other media adapt some of this stuff and bring it to to to, to greater prominence in the public eye? Um, Well, in a way, I'd rather have it be its own separate thing because Uh uh, uh, what I suppose what Disney's done is it it puts its own spin on a lot of these older tales. Yeah. So it might just be best to keep it where it is because, I mean, it's still getting development somehow after 12 years. Uh, And I would uh, basically, I would want them to, uh, get more funding, and now that they've transferred over from Bioware to it was Sword something, or what was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a new uh, developmental uh, game company. Maybe I think they'll yeah. the future of it will be a bit more bright. I think. I mean, I, I do remember reading something from the the head honcho with the the new outfit, um, indicating that at least maybe they were thinking about accessibility issues and maybe thinking about how they might bring it to a wider audience i don't know what they meant by that or if they're serious but you never know yeah i think that would be something very very cool that they would do and yeah still gotta say for uh it being a 12 year old game it's still gotten so much love and from people i mean that, that that's astonishing you know i mean it th- things like world of warcraft have sort of risen and fallen I guess, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's even still going. That's kind of my my, my sort of base base knowledge of MMOs, you know, um, things like World of Warcraft, that kind of thing. Um, but Star Wars: The Republic just seems to keep on chugging, right? Yeah, it's. I think it's. It, it was always. I might have been intended to be more story based, so maybe that's why there's a whole lot of story dedication. So there's more that they want to tell. I mean, yeah. I mean, in my personal opinion, the best has come with the story. Because of how Vitiate is defeated once and for all in the current yeah. uh, story, but uh, that they're still making more is very commendable. Yeah, if that's the right word. Yeah. For sure, for sure. All right. I mean, uh, I think that's probably going to do us for this this special okay. episode of Legends Library. Um, I, 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 as we said at the outset, we're kind of scratching the surface here of yeah. a game that has dozens if not hundreds of hours of gameplay in it there, there's more to do and certainly as and when i i get my my own playthrough up and running properly maybe we'll have to revisit and see see how i'm doing and see how uh see how my responses to the to the game evolve over time um bradley thank you so much for for joining me for this oh you're um, very welcome it's been a long time coming. Could, could, yeah i know so i'm sorry it's taken so long i'm 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 just glad that my voice has kind of held out long enough um, over the course of the last hour so that we've finally been able to bag this. Why don't you let the folks listening know where they can find you and your stuff mm-hmm. online, if you don't mind being found online? Oh, well, um, I am I mainly upload a lot of my uh, older public videos to my uh, channel, uh, which is uh, Darth Brad Media, which has mainly gotten popular for other reasons, actually. But, uh, but because I upload a lot of the older public videos unlisted, but with this uh, movie, I think I will put it up if people are uh, curious or interested in seeing it. 
but I think that'd be uh, great. Uh, I mainly do this for my friends, I suppose. But uh, I would be greatly appreciated if people would check it out once I do put it up. For sure, for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the finished finished product when it's there. All right, well, thanks so much for having me, though. This is uh, I'm really glad I was able to talk about uh, something that's so near and dear to my heart. Yeah, well, that that, that that comes through, I think, very, very clearly, Bradley. Um, it's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, and, of course, folks, you can find me on Instagram and threads as at Journals of the Wills. That's Journals with an S and Wills with an H. And you can reach out to the Star Wars Book Community podcast team on all the usual social media channels. And there you're looking for at SWBC Podcast. Uh, Legends Library will be back in two weeks, our new fortnightly routine. Uh, with a chat about the final novel in the Old Republic series, Annihilation. Uh, in the meantime, keep those pods set to subscribe for more canon catch-up, comics roundup, maybe even a new roundtable discussion of the most recent High Republic novel, Eye of Darkness. Um, in the meantime, it's a goodbye from Bradley. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And it's goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, folks, and we'll catch you next time on the Star Wars Book Community podcast.